So welcome to another episode of the Friday Film Club. Joining me this week is a producer and actress whose new film Dakota is out this year. Um, that's if you're listening in 2022. If you're not, she's got a lot of other films in the works. Uh, we're going to talk about that as well as the usual questions. Um, it's Laura Pictet. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Um, it's, it's great to have you on. And um, I, I want to talk about Dakota, but, but first just tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Um, about myself? Ooh, um, well, I'm from Switzerland. I lived in London for, uh, for 12 years. I started acting when I was six uh, in Geneva before going off to London to experience the great British boarding school <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and the English training. And then I moved to LA um, in 2015 to continue my last two years of training. And then I've just been working since then. I, um, I won the green card lottery, so I was lucky for that. So I could stay in the US and work because I see my friends applying for their visas and it's, gosh, bless them. It's a lot of hard work. If you had to choose, would you live in London or LA? Oh, that's a great question. One that I asked myself not so long ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I'm more... Um, London is is one of my most favorite places and I think I did six years in LA and thanks to the pandemic you know everything is so digital these days that you know you can do things from far away and then you can just travel there for meetings or, or for you know filmings and stuff like that so yeah I think I'm a big Londoner at its core. That's that's good that's the, <laughs> the correct answer for this show. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about you and your background uh, during the show, but um, I was just checking out uh, some of the stuff that you've got going on and you've got a lot of films on the go at the moment. I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah, um, it must be great to be busy, but uh, yeah, tell me, what have you got coming up? Um, so I was super lucky to um, work uh, with uh, Emil Hirsch in the first psychological thriller called State of Consciousness that is um, going to be doing its premiere at a festival in Italy this summer. So I'm not sure of release dates yet, but I'll keep an eye out for that. And then I did Renegades, a UK production, action film, different. I went from psychological thriller to family film to action film, human trafficking, which is super exciting. <laughs> Very interesting, and, and that was super interesting. And then I followed that with um, Muti, which was with Morgan Freeman and Cole Hauser and Vernon Davis. Right now, Dakota and Renegades before State of Consciousness and Muti. <laughs> yeah, it must be. I, I forget who said the quote, but someone, uh, it was like an, an A-lister once on a talk show, said that um, she does the films for free, but she charges $20 million to promote them. And I, I imagine that's kind of what it must feel like, right? Because it, mu it must be more taxing to just go out and do stuff like this than it is to actually make them. I mean, yes and no. It's, it's fun. I love, I love ta talking and meeting people and like, you know, especially with these projects. It's so cool to talk about them. So I don't know. Maybe ask me that like in maybe like 10 years when I've been doing <laughs> stuff and I'll be like, yeah, okay, we need to think this contract through for promotion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, noted as a lesson to future Lara. But right, let's let's dive into some of these questions and find out a little bit more 
about you through some of the films that you you like that that aren't your own. So, going straight in, uh, what is your favorite film of all time? I have so many. I feel like it depends on the mood that I'm in, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but I think I have to say, I'm obsessed with the Minions. <laughs> <laughs> I have never had that answer before as favorite film. I mean, do you know what though? It's such a cute story about, you know, three little sisters being adopted by like this evil villain on top of it. And the fact that those three sweet girls can turn someone evil to actually like look within and reflect, like it gives hope, you know, especially in a day like today. It's, and it's funny. It's just funny. It's, it is like a, a feel good film but i will say like my all-time all-time favorite that has been over 20 years ago and it still raises all the questions and it's aged so well is goodwill hunting great choice yes yes and i i always love because i'm a bit of an oscars nerd i always love to just throw in the factoid to people um who who don't know this that that ben affleck and matt damon won an oscar for goodwill hunting yeah no and just the project of how it came about like it took them years years to get someone to believe in them enough to to produce the film you know nobody wanted to give them money nobody wanted to give them cast or crew you know it's um it's such a great story and uh, and one that is still relatable today yeah yeah do you do you think that that kind of film or, or certainly that someone relatively unknown can just kind of make that sort of film now with the, with the kind of backing that like Damon and Affleck had at the time. I mean, do you know what? The great thing about the, the, the streaming quality of, uh, of today in the industry is that people, you know, the audience have been tired of always seeing the same faces. And so it's pushed, you know, studios and streaming platforms to be created for original content to be created and it's given a lot of opportunity and and doors to open for people to see fresh faces in those original content i mean every time i see a new show on netflix or you know on hbo or hulu it's nine times out of ten it's it's someone i've never seen before and it's it's great because that way it's a lot more relatable to, to, you know, everyone. I feel like now everyone can relate to a character and to a story. And it's a lot easier if you do have, you know, a great project, a great script, you have, there's more means for you to be able to, to put it out there and get some recognition from it and get it picked up from the studios or from the streaming platforms. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. That then, like, I mean... Yeah, definitely. There's been a big debate, hasn't there, about the sort of cinema versus streaming platforms. And I, th- I feel like it's really set a line in the sand between like generations in Hollywood because the older guys like Spielberg and Scorsese are like really reluctant to embrace it. Um, yeah. But a lot of like new talent uh, are all about kind of getting stuff on streaming services. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's it's great, but it's it's also sad because it's you know I feel like our attention spam now is so much shorter you know people would much rather binge watch an entire season of a show as opposed to go to the cinema and 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 watch two hours of one film when you can do that from the comfort of your own home so yeah there's there's pros to it and and cons yeah do you know what um 
So, so me and my wife were sat down the other day and like, do we want to watch a film? We're like, no, we don't really want to sit there like, and, and commit to like two hours. And then we sat on our phones watching TikTok videos for about <laughs> two hours, you know? <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Okay, but there you go. Yeah, you see? It's, yeah, yeah. Our attention is not used to just sitting and watching a movie anymore. We want quick, quick fixes. Yeah, absolutely. So before we go on to your least favorite film, obviously being from Switzerland, I assume that you are a little bit more well-versed in non-English speaking content than I am. Um, yeah. So have you got any kind of sort of gems that you can recommend uh, for people wanting to get into like foreign language cinema? Yes, I mean, there's there's great. I mean, the French do amazing comedies, but um, I would say that my top top ones would be um, "Qu'est-ce qu'on a fait au bon Dieu?" What have we done to dear God? Like to deserve this kind of, uh, and that's a great, great, great story of. Uh, <laughs> a family like a uh, parents that have three daughters and the three daughters meet men of like three different religions and three different backgrounds and so the parents are trying to deal with that and that's what's so great about French comedies is that they are not afraid to go to places like for instance America would never they'd be like oh we can't say that that's cultural inappropriation you know like they wouldn't it's too touchy for them but the French they don't care they're like oh it's <laughs> Why it's funny? Because it's true. It makes people uncomfortable because it's true. And, but they're also backing it up with, you know, with the actors that are playing them, with, with the story and the facts that they're saying. So that's a great one. And then the classics, um, Les Bronzés font du ski, the, the tanned are doing, are skiing. It's like these, it's this group of people that are going on holidays and every movie, movie is them either in the snow at a resort for the thing or um, in the sun by the beach. And it's just a comedy of, of failures, basically. It's, it's incredible. Nice, yeah. I'm gonna have to get you to send me the, the links to those, um, those films because I'm never gonna know how to spell that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll, we'll put it in the show notes for people to, to check them out. Right, so this is always a touchy one, but um, what is your least favorite film of all time? Do you know what? I don't really have like a least favorite film but i do i did i did recently i don't know if that would count but i did recently watch a movie that i had a very difficult reaction with does that count yep yep go for it so so i recently watched spencer and um with uh kristen stewart mm -hmm. Uh, and although, you know, I thought the cinematography was incredible and Christmas Stewart was outstanding as, you know, the role of Lady D, I didn't really like it that much because I thought it didn't make Lady D justice. And it was just tough personally to watch. I mean, granted, you know, she's had struggles, but she also did some amazingly positive things for the world and for society and for people. So I was like, why can't we make a film about all the great things that she's done? Like, especially when she's no longer here to defend herself or speak up. Like it just, I don't know, it didn't, it didn't sit right with me. And I just like, I was like, there's so much more to this woman. Like why was this particular aspect of it created around this whole thing? Yeah, I feel like I, I, I blame Lifetime and like Hallmark movies for ruining any uh, possibility of doing like a really positive Diana film at the moment 
because didn't they do a really horrendous like musical version of Diana's life or something? It was mm. it was it was a terrible terrible thing, and and I think now there's a tendency to tell like slightly slightly more nuanced like biographies, which is probably where that that kind of stemmed from, right? Yeah, maybe that's a uh, that's something to think about. Mm. If oh here's here's a side question: If you could play any famous figure in a biopic, who would you play? Such a good question. I mean, I feel like Lady D would be would be so fascinating. Marilyn Monroe would be fun. Interesting. Yeah. That would be super fun. Or even Joan of Arc, honestly. I mean, like, I feel like in a past life, I, you know, there was something similar with that, but I just, her characteristics and what she stood for and what she did, it was so beyond her time mm -hmm. and, and how she, you know, she died for what she stood for and what she fought for. And, and that must be just super cool. Yeah, I guess that, that there's not many opportunities for us in the media to sort of die for our cause, is there? So, uh, <laughs> the right, so which film or TV character do you most relate to? Um, I feel like I connect, <laughs> I relate a lot to Jennifer Gardner in 13 going on 30. <laughs> <laughs> Because it'll make sense in a second. <laughs> because I feel like as a kid, I was always trying to be older than I was. Like my siblings were seven and nine years older. So I always wanted to do everything that they were doing. I wanted to wear makeup. I wanted to wear heels. I wanted to, to go out with them, go clubbing, even though I was like six years old. And I like, you do that. But although one good thing did come out of it is that I learned how to walk in heels. So that's why people always see me walking with huge heels and they're like, how do you do that? And I'm like, well, you know, I was literally born with heels. So, but so I, I don't know, like as a kid, I was always trying to burn these steps and I'm not 30 yet, but I do look back at how much I wanted to be older back then, but I feel like I missed out on so many cool childhood things that you're supposed to do as a child that you know that freedom and that liberty and that not the naivete but like the the thought that you know everything can happen and everything is so magical that I'm sad that I I wasn't focused enough in the present to to do that so instead I'm just doing them now <laughs> I have nieces now so it's easier for me to like pretend I'm doing it for them but really I'm just my inner child come out <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I think we all do that right like as kids we always want to just be adults and then when we get to adulthood we realize actually this isn't this isn't so great we have bills and responsibility yeah. and stuff yeah especially like that transition I'm sure that you have that as a man also but as a woman like that transition from you know like you're 25 to your 30 like you're becoming like a woman and you're like you know you're properly building a life and then you know thinking of getting a family and, da -da 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 -da, and you're thinking about your future and and it's like whoa I should have really taken advantage before when I was wanting to be at this point in my life you know yeah 
Jill, but wait until you hit 30 and then everyone expects you to have your life just together. <laughs> I just always think, you know what, if you, and that's what I asked my, my one of his friends just turned 30 the other day. And I asked her, I said, if you think back like five years ago, at 30, I want to be at this point in, in my life. If you are here right now, do you feel like this is where you're at? And she was like, 100%. And I was like, what more can you ask for? You know, like that's the most beautiful thing that you can feel when you're turning 30. It's like, I am right where I wanted to be. And that's mm. great. Yeah, totally. Um, so, I mean, for you, when, when did you start getting on that path towards acting? I started relatively young. I started at the age of six. It was more of a um, of an escape for me, of escaping of like kind of a difficult situation at home, and and I just yeah I fell in love with being able to to play you know different characters, not be myself, and just escape into these worlds where where things didn't matter, and all of a sudden like the world was my oyster, and 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 it brought back such a it brought like an element of like freedom where I felt like I was able to express myself and um and people were actually reacting to it so then I forced my my poor family to watch me perform three person show by myself after dinner <laughs> but what I feel like it was like a good thing of like bringing the family together because we didn't have that sort of you know it was kind of a very divided family so it was that moment where yeah sure they're probably all making fun of me and being like oh my goodness but <laughs> all together and having a good laugh so yeah i i fell in love with it at that point and so and what was what was it like in switzerland because i i've never i've never been um I, it's been recommended to me as as a, a beautiful part of the world but i've never had the pleasure of visiting so, so so what what was life like in switzerland growing up it was very interesting it's very um it's very traditional and conservative in the sense that people's minds are, are very um, narrow-minded, like they're very much stuck in, you know, older times. So there's specific things to follow mm. um, out of respect. And, and because I was so out of my own, you know, I was just like, no, I don't want to do any of that. I don't want to follow. <laughs> any of those roles <laughs> so it was really difficult for me growing up and that's why I left at such a young age mm. but going back there you know a couple of years ago and and my partner is there so I'm spending more time there but going back there as a as an older person I am suddenly seeing all the beautiful things that my country has to offer and that sense of community and that sense of you know, the comfort and the bubble of it being so small and feeling so safe and surrounded by, by your family and by people that you grew up with and that you don't have to explain, you know, where you come, like everybody knows each other because everybody went to school with one another or everybody knows their cousins because their families. Like it's, it's just a breath of fresh air because mm. it's like meeting anyone new that's like, oh, so who are you? And it's just like, you know, it's genuine authenticity. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I guess that's the, the comfort of being, of just going home, right? Um, exactly. So if your life was a movie, uh, who would play you? I wouldn't put that on anyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say maybe Scarlett Johansson. Good choice. I, 
the resemblance joke so physically i mean it would make sense for her but also because i feel like she has that you know she can have that childlike playfulness as well as that fears you know badass professionals who who goes after what she wants but she also has the emotional switch that can take you on a roller coaster at any point mm. but still have her shit together so i feel like she checks all those all those boxes good choice joe um i i see a bit of olivia wilde uh, similarities with you Ooh, okay thank so I'd, you i i throw that one out there as a, as a contender yeah yeah but Scarlett Johansson, strong choice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so uh, what's your most nostalgic film? I mean, all the Disney films, but like, but you know, the, the old school Disney films, mm -hmm. the, the OG, you know, Cinderella and Anastasia and the Hunchback of Notre Dame. And I'm watching all of those and the Lion King. Uh, I'm watching all of those again with you know my nieces and mm -hmm. they don't they don't they don't connect to it as much as we do they like more of the what's you know disney is doing now which i think is so sad because those were such classics but you know it's it's funny because i rewatch them now as an adult and i'm like kind of taken aback sometimes at the connotations I'm like yeah. okay oh that was quite that was Oh, that was uh, beyond its time. Like, okay, you know why? You know, it was fine for my mom to watch it. Like, even she would find it funny because there was some adult connotations that as kids, we wouldn't understand and it wouldn't traumatize us. Mm. It was very subtle. I mean, to be able to do that for a kid's film, like, that's, that's genius. Yeah. Disney have really nailed that formula, haven't they? Of making something that's so family-friendly, but there's just this really this not very subtle undertone um, for adults uh, where there's some, some pretty risky jokes in there that kids just don't get, right? Looks right over our heads as kids. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. But I feel like um, classic Disney, I'm with you on that. Like, I, I love the, the really classic stuff. Some of it has not aged well at all. Like, we watched um, Dumbo uh, a few months back, like the original Dumbo, and it brings back really nice, happy feelings for, for me and my wife, because obviously we grew up, we were always given those VHSs and, you know, put them on. And that, that really stamps my age with VHS. But uh, watching it now, there's, there's a lot of issues with films like Dumbo. Yeah, I agree. Sad, because it was such a great, it's such a great film. <laughs> it's a real kind of um, moral dilemma, isn't it? Because yeah. we love watching them, but they, they're pretty flawed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. But it's great to rewatch them just to see how far society has come. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and I love that Disney are putting more positive messages out there now. Like the last sort of ten years or so, I don't think they've had a, a single straight white female princess for a long time, which is a yeah. huge step for them. Yeah. Hundred percent. Mm. So, uh, final question: What's your guilty pleasure? Mm. <laughs> I feel like there's one that I have, but I really cannot say. <laughs> well, you've got to say it now. I'm going to be killed for it. So instead, I'm going to I'm going to go with uh, my number two. I'm going to say it's probably less exciting, but reality TV. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I think that that's a lot of people's guilty pleasure. 
have you have you got any any favorites oh that's pushing it <laughs> uh i don't know obviously like keeping up with the kardashians is just always funny yeah um, what else is there <laughs> it's, it's that kind of thing where you know you're just you don't want to think you want to switch off your mind mm -hmm. you just need to watch something stupid that will either help you fall asleep or will just have background noise while you're doing something else do you know what i mean but yeah. I'm, i sometimes i'm so cut up which is you know it's not like reality tv is, is there and it works because it's because people want it and people people watch it but i will i will literally if i hear noise i will like change immediately and i'll be like oh hey but <laughs> i will pull on hide on my computer and like turn my thing and be like what do you watch i'm like oh documentary <laughs> <laughs> yeah we we so we go through phases in my household as and when we we kind of don't do things by half. When we start watching a reality show, it becomes all-consuming. Is that, I guess, is that the same with you, right? And then you hate it because you're like, oh, but I have to finish it, but why? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we ended up getting burnout, right? Because we started watching uh, The Real Housewives of New Jersey. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. When, when we started that, I did not realize there was like 12 seasons. Uh, <laughs> and we, I think, we're, we're up to about season 10 and we've just we've just hit a, a wall we can't go on yeah it's yeah and time goes by so fast before you know it you're on season six and you started season one like last week and you're like oh god I can't yeah even... and you like i've literally lost days of my life just watching yeah. the show and it's given me absolutely no benefit but there we are we just all need a bit of our TLC and for some of them. <laughs> Absolutely. So what what is your what was your first choice? Can I can I get that out of you? What was your main guilty pleasure? <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be so okay, fine. Um Hawaiian pizza. I don't so hang on, hang on. So, so you are with ham. We're actually talking like like full on the food, the actual pizza. Yeah, that's, I've got an issue with that. I know, everybody does. No, no, I will only order it if I'm alone in my home and I know for sure no one is coming because I know I will be crucified. But, okay, this is what I want to know, right? Because I've, I, I made the mistake as a child of eating a slice of Hawaiian pizza and it was an odd taste, not one I particularly care about going back to. So, uh, what 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 is it about the pineapple on a pizza that that you like? It's that mixture of sweet and salty at once, but also the pineapple so much sweeter because it's warm. So I don't know. It's like it's like melted sugar, and oh, I don't know. It's just it's so good. <laughs> yeah, that's it's. You're not you're not selling it. It I just know. I can't I can't yeah I can't get on board with that, but. Is there, for, for any other fellow Hawaiian pizza lovers, do you have like a recommendation? Is there any particular like pizza retailer that does it better than anyone else? I, I mean, yes, I have, just not a lot. I've, I've, I haven't often ordered pizza where I was by myself. So I always had to order like just a margarita. I'd be like, yeah, it's totally fine. Okay, well. so, <laughs> I think I tried once being like, I just, I just blurted it out. It was like word vomit. He's like, what do you want? And I was like, oh, just a Hawaiian. 
And then everyone looked at me like I had been <laughs> so horribly wrong. They're like, what did you just say? Mm. I was like, Margarita, what did I just say? I, I don't know. Yeah, Margarita, extra cheese, thanks. So I don't know many places that have done it. I've only tasted like one or two in London that did a really great job and, and a few in Geneva, but I don't have preferred. I just look at the ratings more often than not and the reviews. And well, fair enough. Uh, I, I mean, Hawaiian pizza is definitely the most obscure answer I've ever had on a guilty pleasure. Definitely the first person who's stretched beyond cinema and gone straight to food. But uh, yeah, I'm a big foodie. I I love 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 food. It, uh, but when when you say you're a foodie, are you are you just like anything? Anything that's like bad for you, you love or? I mean that also. I love comfort <laughs> food like burgers, chicken wings, mm. and. Yeah, candy and chips and chocolate, oof, the whole lot. But also like, I just, I love, I just love food. I love going to different restaurants, trying different foods, traveling to other countries to try their food and, and like weird, you know, um, stuff that we're not used to in our culture, but for them it's, it's like, you know, delicatess. Like I, I don't know, I just love trying food. I love mm. eating. So what, what's the craziest thing you've ever ordered? Um, I mean, I'm a big fan of snails and frog legs. I eat them all the time. I love them. But for me, that I grew up with that. So people are like, hey, eat snails. I'm like, well, yeah, it's delicious. And, you know, the garlic butter and they're like in frog legs. And I'm like, well, it's like tiny little chicken wings. It's really cute. <laughs> but I have to say, I, I was in Mexico once and um, and I was giving this taco and I was like, what's in it? And they're like, oh, just, you know, just as a normal taco, just eat it. So I ate it. And at the end, she was like, do you want to know what was inside? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> what was inside? And she's like, oh, grasshoppers. Oh! That was probably the weirdest thing. What? So uh, hang on, because normally I expect quite, you know, quite soft meat inside a taco. That, that must have had quite a crunch to it. Yeah, 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 I did. I, yeah, I thought it was kind of like, you know, um, like a type of like fried chicken bits mm. or, you know, it was really good. <laughs> so yeah, so that's it now. If there's a grasshopper taco on the menu, you're there. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. If I, <laughs> that's the great, that's the good thing is that if you just, I don't want to know what I'm eating before I eat it <laughs> afterwards. Because yeah. if I look at it and I can see that it's something that I would see as an animal, I'd be like, no, I'm good. Mm. But if I just, if, you know, I see it and it looks fine and I eat it and it's great. And then you tell me afterwards, it's like dried out worm. I don't know. I would rather just know afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that's a fair approach to food, definitely. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much. Uh, there's uh, quite, quite a set of answers from you today. Um, and it's been, a, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. But before I let you go, uh, do remind anyone listening how they can connect with you uh, and watch anything that you're in. Um, yeah, uh, well, um, on my social media, I, I post release dates and my previous film, By Light of Desert Night, on Amazon and on Sky. But otherwise, I'll, um, I'll let everybody know as soon as I know the release dates and which platforms and, and whatnot on my social media. Awesome. And what was your social media handle? Oh, sorry. It's Lara underscore Pictay. Awesome. I will put that all in the show notes as well, but I'm just being pedantic. Um, <laughs> but 
it's been a pleasure having you on the show, Lara, and um, hopefully uh, we'll find a reason to get you back for a sequel sometime. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so, so much. That's it for this episode of the Friday Film Club. I do hope you enjoyed it. And of course, you can listen back to all previous episodes wherever you get your podcasts. And remember as well to connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at the Fry Film Club. We will, of course, post links to all of our guest info in the show notes. So look out for that as well. Thanks for listening.